'twas the night before Christmas, and all through the land, not a game piece was stirring, no dice were in hand. Gamers were waiting both near and afar for loads of new games, both indie and OSR. Each gamer was nestled or safe in their bed, oblivious to the sound of a sleigh overhead. But before jolly old St Nick comes to visit them, first here's a podcast from four British men. But what's that you say? I count five men in all. Well, that's because we're joined by Spencer, free thrall. So sit back and listen with goodwill and cheer as we talk about what's on our wish list this year. Welcome to this special Christmas Eve episode of the Purple Worm podcast. I'm John from the Red Dice Diaries. I'm joined as ever by Dave Aldridge from Deeper Centaur, Pete Jones from Dragon's Aurea, and of course Colin Green from The Spike Pit. And we're also pleased to welcome once again our special guest, Spencer, aka Free Thrall, from the excellent podcast Keep Off the Borderlands. And for this Christmas Eve special, we're going to be talking about what's on our gaming wish list this year. So guys, as the adverts have been telling us recently, tis the season, tra-la-la-la-la, and all of that sort of stuff. We're getting into the, the festive season. So, if you guys were writing your letter to Father Christmas, obviously, I'm assuming there's going to be some RPGs on there, because why wouldn't there be? What is the RPG stuff that you would most like to find under your tree? Assuming you are on the nice list, obviously. So, why don't we start with Dave. What would you like to see under your Christmas tree this year? Oh, good question. Right, so there will be some RPGs, but I tend to buy I tend to buy all the RPGs that I want. So perhaps on my Christmas list, there might be a few games that I've so far got in PDF and I've really liked, but I might yet want the hardback. Um, so, so, and if I hadn't... Uh, can, I, can I talk about games that I happen to have accidentally bought, but I would have quite liked for Christmas? I'm right? assuming that's accidentally um, because... in inverted commas. If you're on the <laughs> yeah, audio yeah. version, I'm doing um, the inverted commas sign. Yeah, because my accidental my accidental buy of the year that I didn't that I really did kind of buy by accident. It was on a whim, and I couldn't have explained after I bought it until it arrived why I bought it was Vihander. Yeah, because I don't like deeper centaur i don't need a deeper centaur system i like playing warhammer but i have no particular what attachment do you, what do you mean you don't like deeper, deeper centaur your podcast's called deeper centaur I, I like to chuck that out there every now and again yeah also i hate the deeper centaur subsystem in bx as well that's i could do without that but there we go <laughs> um but but you know when i got hold of by hander i really 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 liked it so if i hadn't accidentally bought that 
um, and I just got the PDF. That would be on my Christmas list because it's the kind of thing, it's a big hefty tome. It's the kind of thing I find it hard to justify buying for myself. Yeah. So that would be the kind of thing that would be on my Christmas list. So that's my recommendation for other people's Christmas list. If, you, you know, if you're into OSR stuff, you like your D&D stuff, um, but you hadn't been thinking about Zweihander, I think you really should. Um, you know, because it's a, uh, it's a, it's, it's actually surprisingly light. It's a big fat book, um, but actually the rules are very slim. Um, so anyway, Zweihander is on there. Um, then what have I got in PDF? Okay. So I wish when I backed, um, old school essentials that I'd bought the winter's daughter, um, I got the other adventure. I got a hole in the oak because they were basically giving that away with it. I think everybody oh, got Oh, that. there's some dodgy playtesters on that one, though, Dave. Well, I did, Colin is a proofreader, <laughs> credited proofreader on that. Yeah. Um, but I had a little flick through Winter's Daughter at um, Dragon Meat, and that has definitely gone on my Christmas list because it's just a beautiful... It looks exactly like one of those old nostalgic um, penguin... Books. Yes, yeah. it's a really interesting decision. It's not, it's not terribly cheap, um, but it's got that lovely digest size format. It's got beautiful layout. I really like the layout that Gavin Norman has come up with for those old school essentials modules. I think it's it's well worth emulating for an old school layout. So that has gone on my list. I yeah, want that. I, I was going to say, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, I I have got a copy. I'm planning to use it in my my Castles and Crusades Middlelands game shortly. Um, one of the things that people may or may not be aware of is the very distinctive sort of cover art that's on there. Gavin Norman of Necrotic Gnome, the the same person is doing a lot of the artwork for the, the Dolman Wood campaign book that he's going to be releasing, I think, sometime next year. Right. And it, it is a little ad for Dolman Wood if you look inside. It yeah. does, uh, you know, it gives you a little guide to the setting yeah. and things like that. But I don't mind that because it looks like it looks like good fun. Yeah. And I met the artist as well, which was interesting. Um, nice. Talked to him a little bit about the art style okay. and uh, and ashamedly I have forgotten his name, but um, really nice guy. And there's layers and layers of um, work in that front cover. Um, he, he hand creates the textures, then produces them as a layer, or scans it, produces it as a layer, and it's actually okay. like a di it's actually like a digital collage, mm. uh, and that's why you get that effect that he's cool. got. Really loved that artwork and super interesting guy. He was selling prints at Dragon Meat with right. Gavin on his stand. And that's how I got to meet up with him. Uh, even just, just the cover, even just the cover is gorgeous. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. I said, I'm yeah. just going to break in there briefly to say that we've got a message on the Twitch live stream from Goblin's Henchman, where he says cherry red speedos. So oh, that's just, what Colin's wearing. Yeah. Well, I was going to say just to announce the the winner of guess what Colin's wearing below yeah. the level of the camera. So well done, Goblin's Henchman. You can tick off your. Your what's Colin wearing bingo card at home? So he sussed me out. I say you've been the secrets you, out. I'll give you just one more one more thing on my Christmas list, and this is off the back of um, Spencer extolling its virtues on his show. But Shivering Circle is one that I've got on PDF, and I absolutely love. And I will be picking up. Well, I'll be putting on my Christmas list to pick up in uh, a physical copy. I think. 
unusually and bizarrely, it's a pay what you want in physical copy on drive through RPG. Yeah. So I don't know why I didn't do it in the first place. Um, but I think it is worth it's worth paying a good amount for that game. I'm very yeah. excited to hold the physical copy. Uh, okay, yeah, so let's move over to yourself, Spencer. Uh, in terms of RPG Christmas wishes, w- what are you hoping for from the jolly fat man? I don't mean myself, obviously, th- this Christmas. Well, I, um, I was one of those fools who backed uh, the um, old school essentials on PDF. So um, what I think I might do is invest in getting the uh, the hard copies. Whether I go for the box or the tome, I'm not sure. I I'm not. I, I probably wouldn't get both, but yeah. Um, yeah, one or the other. I can't really make up my mind. I will say, I, I was Could, lucky enough to... Uh, I backed the tome, and then I was lucky enough that my wife bought me the box set for for my birthday. And g- going for either of them, both of them are beautiful. Uh, the the hmm. tome is beautiful. The, the box set's lovely. So I don't think you can go far wrong with either of those. Can I cut in here just playfully hmm. and ask if anybody is having buyer's remorse, right? Because it is still BX, right? The thief is still busted because those weird percentile things don't work. The saves are still bizarre, right? Is anybody thinking, well, I've I've doubled down on this, I've gone mad for this, but essentially it is still BX. No, not for me. I'll tell you what. Big no. (laughs) Because I think it's the nostalgia because BX was the Mm. the game I cut cut my teeth on and introduced me to the game. So for me, it's having a good copy of my Tati BX and it's still no matter how broken it is it's it's still my game yeah I, th- I think for me i mean the obviously the all it's been such a sort of labor of love on the author's behalf and you can tell the the sheer enthusiasm yeah. that gavin has for it and it's been so well produced and so nicely produced that it's just a, a joyous thing to have and read. But, and as as you know, I, I'm an outspoken like critic of like the what I consider to be the fairly like naff sort of percentage skill system for thieves. But to be honest, when, when I'm sort of reading like the old school essentials, I'm like, Joe, you know what? It's not the worst thing in the world, is it? So uh, you yeah, don't just think, oh, well, <laughs> you don't you don't just think, oh, maybe you could have just rationalise the experience totals yeah. for levelling up no, you know, um, made it no. less arbitrary uh, Goblin's henchman has made a good point there, sorry to just cut in he says, I think some people were seduced by the box set and I'm quite happy to like put, hold my hand up and say yeah, I was seduced by the box set I couldn't have been more seduced by it if it was stood on like a corner of the street wearing if sexy it was wearing negligee. cherry red speedos. Yeah, well, if it was wearing cherry red speedos and negligee and like beckoning to me, like Jessica Rabbit or some shit. Yeah. Like, that, that, I mean, I I don't, aside from old school essentials, I don't own any box sets just because previously I've been like, what's the point? It cost me extra for the box. Whereas I don't know what it, I don't know exactly what it was about old school essentials, but as soon as I. I mean, I had BX Essentials, the sort of previous version of it, and loved those little sort of booklets. And as soon as I said, oh, we're doing hardback versions, they're going to come in a nice box, I was just like, yeah, as soon as that Kickstarter yeah. comes out, I'm having it. I'm just I, being I think, playful. I'm, no, sorry. no, I think it's a great I think it's a great question, Dave. And I would say, yes, I have. I have had 
my doubts and thought, do you know, I got super excited and stoked about this and actually, oh, I don't know. I don't know about this BX now, you know. But... Want to sell it. But I'm going to say, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I didn't I didn't know. I didn't go full on super mad. I, I just got the box set. Uh, PDFs were available. I didn't need to do any of that. But I like the idea. See, the box with the modular books with a potential for expansion because one of the books that impressed me so much was his advanced fantasy genre rules with the advanced classes and all that and he won me over with his treatment of the way he converted advanced classes into a basic style of D&D because when I was playing and it was first edition of um, AD&D I picked up that DMG and flicked through it and thought, that is a load of old bunk. I'm having none of it. Yeah. And and, and I dropped it and I, I played basic. And that's what I did. And later on, AD&D leaked in as second edition because, you know, we were kids and we thought, oh, yeah, more classes. And then there was all the splat books and all that. And just Gavin's treatment of it, I, I'd sort of thought, nah, well, I wouldn't. I don't want that advanced fantasy one. But but I got I was involved with um, playing playtesting that because he used the advanced classes in another scenario after we'd done Winter's Daughter, and I thought, oh yeah, that's so simple. He's just made that really feel like that how I imagine that character class with a minimum of rules, and um, that sold me on it. And I thought, yeah. And then if he does other stuff down the line, they're all going to be nice books complete with pages that stay in drink yeah and um yeah, yeah. awesome yeah, yeah. awesome so yeah i did wonder i think it's a great question dave i mean for for me i i wanted it because i think it is it is pushing to be the the definitive statement of the old school and i quite like that but for me at the moment it's not going to get a look in against the black hack for a right. long time i can't see I can't see it getting a look in. Well, for I mean, a while. I think for myself, uh, as you know, Colin. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Castles and Crusades, which takes a lot of the sort of A, D, and D classes, and then streamlines them. So for me, when Old School Essentials came out, it was a similar vibe. Like I say, taking those, like you were saying, taking those classes, but streamlining them down because a lot of the additional complexity in AD&D, I was like, if you like it, fair enough, but I, I, I personally don't want it. But I still like some of the flavour you get from like the Bard class, the Druid, mm. stuff like that. Mm. So Castles and Crusades, which did like a, a sort of 3.5 streamlined down, sort of old schoolified, I loved. Yeah. And then Old School Essentials was just like a similar philosophy, but sort of taken even further. And that that is one of the things that really appeals to me about it. Mm. So what else, um, Spencer? Since we uh, hoodwink you there, um, <laughs> um, I've got. Well, I've got to say, I'm pretty tempted by the uh, Romance of the Perilous Lands as well. That does look like a nice book, and also uh, the Paleolithic one looks interesting. I find that. Um, have you got that as well, Colin? Oh, the other Osprey one. Yeah, yes. yeah. Can you see that? And now yeah. that's yeah. Um, uh, he got a bit of a shine on there. 
Yeah, I know. It's this lighting, mate. What's that called? Pa- pa- Paleomythic, did you say? What's the... Paleo... Can you see yes. that? Yeah, Paleomythic. What, what's the, what's yeah. the sort of vibe around that, then? Well, it's a kind of... Um, stone and sorcery. Sort of, yeah, oh. yeah. Stone stone age, um, kind of with mythological goings-on. <laughs> review, um, the... review to follow on Spike Pit. I'm doing okay. that. And it's, Do we know uh, the author? It's... Do you know anything about Graham Rose? No. Do we know? No, no. But um, I know it's a 2D6 system, mm-hmm. and for some reason, I've got a real thing for 2D6 systems. I don't know what it is, but I've just become yeah, fascinated. We, we noticed. We noticed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think any of us can really say anything about that, given how long we've been banging on about advanced fighting fantasy for. Yeah. What about if they're 2D6 systems that become 3D6 systems for combat and 4D6 if you've got advantage or disadvantage? Do you like those? Speak to Pete on that one. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Well, yeah, I refer you to uh, Osseus. Right. Which just sticks to 2D6 for everything. <laughs> All right. Okay, so, Colin, how about yourself? What are you hoping for underneath the Christmas tree? Well, now, I thought about this. I'll give it some thought. Um, and do you know what? My idea is a little bit similar. Echoes, a certain extent, what Dave was saying about the PDF thing that you might pick up in a in a hard copy. But I thought, you know, what what am I really using? I don't need another system particularly so what i what i see what my problem is this right i've got some props here so if you're listening and not watching i'm holding up a d30 sandbox companion yes i've I've got got the pdf for that yes yeah right Right. and i've got it on lulu can't you yeah yeah and i've got it printed out at a5 Ooh. Okay, but it's just a bit too small. So you want it in letter uh, format? So I got in touch with Chris McDowell and said, <laughs> "Can you make this massive?" <laughs> nah, nah, that's cool. That's cool. But that was a low blow. I apologise. I apologise. Um, but no, this is the other way. This is the ex- other extreme. It's it's really, really some busy stuff going on. Wow, I don't know if yeah, you can yeah. see that, but. But this is only because I've taken this and tried to do what I normally do and, and make it small to fit in with everything else I've got. But it was a bridge too far. And um, Richard LeBoc- LeBlanc from A New Big Dragon, he, I think he does really nice layout. But he, he basically copies, you know, the, um, the traditional kind of um, modules and... Uh, he takes the font and does the same type of tables and all that, but he, he does it re- he does it really nicely. And I thought, yeah, I need to make an exception to the A5 format. Get them as they were intended. Get on Lulu or something when they're doing a deal. Well, I don't need to worry about that because Santa's going to sort it out. But uh, yeah, Lulu, yeah, Lulu, and and I'll probably get the also the. The uh, DM the D thirty companion, yeah. Yeah, and I might just whilst I'm making up an order get the uh, the creature com- 
compendium as well. Excellent. Uh, but I've I've got most of his stuff and been thoroughly impressed with it on on PDF. Mm. But it's them it's them books that you refer to all the time. Yeah. Where you need to flick through the pages. They're a real pain on a PDF. Those. So yeah. so I regret my only I don't have Tome of Adventure Design as a book. I only has it, have it as a PDF, and I can't Lines. get hold of it as a book. So if anyone knows or wants to flog their copy, because that's one that I use all the time. You can print, your, agree, print it yourself on Lulu. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, you see, you've done, you've done yourself now, Dave, because now you've mentioned it, like everyone else will be out there and like buy up all the copies that are available. So, yeah, they just oh, everybody's got that. Surely everyone's got that one already. I mean, it's to no. me, it's 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 the D30s, Tome of Adventure Design. They are the absolute. You know, you can't do without those. That um, is a good one. I might ask Santa for that as well. A hard copy yeah. of that would be would be sweet because mm. it's it's just impenetrable on the old PDF a, yeah. a bit, yeah. really. Yeah. Okay, so Pete, how about how about yourself when when you've heard those sleigh bells disappearing off into the distance and <laughs> all of the mince pies have mysteriously disappeared? What role play books are you hoping are going to have been left in their place? Well, I hope it's better than the stuff I used to get as a kid because I don't know what you were like, but when we were kids at Christmas, it was a bloody tangerine in a box, <laughs> and, uh, and the, the only game you got was the, the old Rock'em Sock'em robots giving it the old the old boxing and looking at each other's chin. Oh, I was going to say, Pete, you are literally one step away from being like. And in my day, we used to play out in the street with like sticks and tires. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so who is better than that? No, I have I have got a couple of things on order. My mother-in-law fine uh, kindly said that uh, I had a budget to buy whatever I wanted, so I have ordered um, the rules cyclopedia from Drive Through Prince on Demand. Hey, because that was in the uh, I know it's BX, and I've probably got everything anyway, but it was on sale on Black Friday, so cyclopedia. So, yeah, the rules cyclopedia. Cyclopedia's got Make a lot me. more than BX. Yeah, it's got me, it. It? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's Beck Me Without the Eye, isn't it? Everything but him all. Yep. Yeah, Beck Me uh, Without so, the Eye. So, yeah, so we've got that. Hey, it's the ghost of John's yet to come here. I think I should probably point out that the Rules Cyclopedia does actually have rules for immortals in. Anyway, it's back off to the spirit world with me, and I return you to your regular Christmas programming. Uh, if we're going 2d6, then I've got the next lead-on from Barbarians, Barbarians of Lemuria, Every When. I've got that on order. Um, so that takes uh, Barbarians, Barbarians into a generic game, uh, modern, sci-fi, you name it. That's on there too. Mm. Um, oh, yes, what else? Space 1999, the DVD box set. I thought I mm. had it. I, I called into Jason's show. He wanted um, an idea, idea about sci-fi shows. So I had to go with UFO with the beautiful Gabriella Drake from back in the 70s. And I also suggested Space 1999 with Martin Landu. And I thought I had it, but I can't find it anywhere. So I was going to say, I've, I've just been watching that on one of the digital channels. Yeah, I think it's channel. on Forces TV or something like that. It's on. I say it's on, and I think it's on the um, the horror channel on like digital. Yeah, because they show like sci-fi during the day. And but stuff. Uh, it was one of those crazy deals where you could buy season one on Blu-ray for twenty-six quid, or buy the complete series of two seasons for twenty-four quid. So I went for the twenty-four quid in both seasons. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, just to jump in, Dave, just to let you know, apparently Goblin's Henchman bought a hard copy of the Tome of Adventure design a few weeks ago from Noble Knight. There we go. Hunt him down. Great. And, he's not out of print. and while we're online, Dave is now going to buy that. 
And the final thing I would like after reading it is Cthulhu Dark, second edition. Yes, got, that I've is got, on my list. Yeah. I've got the PDF, and there's some great advice in there from um, Graham Wormsley on adventure design, GMing, and his design ethos, which is really good. And uh, he's also written a, a, a good um, book on um, what's it, something to do with Cthulhu, um, which I've, and I was, I've shared shared with all the worms about how to run Cthulhu games and the mythos. Mm. So he, he knows what he's talking about, um, but Cthulhu Dark does look rather appetizing for me. Yeah, that's one I've got in PDF and I'd very happily have uh, as a hard. But I think it's a bit pricey in hardback. I think it's about £34 from Leisure Games. But uh, there we go. It's Christmas, isn't it? So over to you, John. What's Santa bringing you when he pops down your chimney? Well, you know, we're, uh, hopefully when he um, dishes the goodies out of his bulbous sack, uh, hopefully there'll be something in there for me. <laughs> but uh, I honestly don't know. In, term, in terms of RPGs, I don't really know. Cause as Dave was saying, if, if I like something and I've got the money, I tend to just buy it. I don't think, oh, that's way till Christmas. One of the things that is useful, both on drive through and places like Amazon, though, is the ability to like build up like wish lists and stuff like that. So quite often when when I get like my relatives saying, oh, I'm not sure what to get you for your birthday or Christmas or whatever, you, you can point them at these wish lists and say, there's a load of stuff on there, just like get me something off there. And I, I normally put like a range of like cheaper books or slightly more expensive books so they can spend as little or as much as they want. And I think that's a useful thing because it saves... It saves your relatives having to like worry like, oh, are they gonna like what I've got for them? Because it's like if you've put it on a wish list, you obviously want it at least on some level. And it takes a lot of the guesswork out of it. But because I don't know exactly what they're buying off that list, you still you still get that sort of interest of like, you know, oh, what am I getting, etc. So I think that's and that's a really useful thing. And I've got I've got a couple of wish lists set up like on drive through and uh, Amazon. Some of them is like PDF stuff that I've got as PDF, but I'd like to have a hard copy for reasons I stated previously, or it's stuff can I've you seen. Do on wish lists on, you can do wish lists on drive through. I believe so. Yeah. Ah, that's good to know. I, I, is any? Is it just yeah, me? I know you, you know. I'm I, I'm known as being a, a, a nadja fussy, should we say? Um, picky. Oh, known as being a nadja. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, where I, that's where I was going at. Carry on. Oh, right, go on. They call me the nadge master. Who invited him anyway? Who invited that Aldridge? He's, oh, he's a geezer. Um, you know the old, when you get them print on demand books, does anybody else get that slight sort of, uh, oh, I wish this was like a proper book. No, yeah. I don't care. I think they're great. You don't care? No. Yeah. I've, I've I know some... they open up. They they make a lot of things accessible. Definitely, I've, I've had better quality off Lulu than off um, Drive Through. Who is it? It's yeah. it's Lightning somewhere, and oh, it all yeah, comes from Lightning a, yeah, something in Milton Keynes. Yeah, it's Amazon. Oh, it's an Amazon yeah. company, isn't it? They actually own the printing company. I, you know, I'm I'm well happy with it. Yeah. It's just um, a bit fade. It's a bit fadey, and the paper's yeah. quite often a bit cheap. And yeah, as if you get the standard paper, the premium's a bit better. Mm. Yeah, I mean it's all right, and a lot of the time it's the only option. But yeah, I just, it's better I just than not having it was... at all. Yeah, 
It reminds me of the old uh, toilet people used to get in school sometimes, you know, you can sort of see through it. That's <laughs> it, tracing paper. I, yeah, I think nothing the sticks I, to it. <laughs> the reason I don't mind it is because it looks so, um, as someone who has these aspirations to actually do some of this stuff, it looks so achievable. Look, so I've got, um, yeah. Yeah. I know you were waving this about, John, I'm just about to drop my black hat book, but I've got this one. Arcane Artifacts, Curious Curios. Yeah, wow. sorry, no. <laughs> Um, that's, that's, that's a massive one. Yeah, no, so you, if you've got the table fables one, this does not <laughs> much more. Yeah, God, I'm waving around their massive <laughs> ones again. But this, like, you flick through that. You're right. Actually, this is this is reasonably good quality on the inside. But but you just kind of think, and I, I've done my podcast about this one. I think it's a good book. But you flick through this and you just uh, think, how many, you look how at many the pages art, is it, You just think, I could do this. You know, many, I could do this. How many pages is it? Uh... 411. So it's probably about similar size mm. to what an electric bastion land is going to be like then. It's a thousand magic items. Yeah, and that's pretty much all it is. Mm. Little bit of art. But that that's the thing, Colin. That's why I don't mind it, because I just look at that and think, well, you know, but for the finishing of a project. Hey, it's the ghost of John's yet to come again here. Just in case you're not aware of which magic item laden book we're referring to. We are referring to Arcane Artifacts and Curious Curios by Madeline Hale. We now return you to your regular Christmas programming. Yes. You know, you could be selling that. You could you be selling what? that right now. Like, like Do you know a... what? And I, th I think if you get them in a paperback like that, I think it's less of an issue. I, I think I get more buyer's remorse if I st stump up for a hardback and realize that it's really a paperback with a hard cover yeah. so this was all right this is about yeah it's about 12 quid i think yeah yeah seemed reasonable hmm cool and you could, uh, are we going to see the uh, osr anchorite d100s in a book like that uh they won't quite fill a book like that unless well, yeah, we, unless we do a compilation at the end yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i was thinking you could do, you could do it as uh, you know um, at cost price. First one's on its way. It's, uh, yeah. Hmm. So whilst Pete was talking about old toilet paper in school, <laughs> <laughs> it strikes me that that might be a, a decent segue into the kind of ghosts of Christmas past, as it were. Well, what was the game everyone got at Christmas? You always got a game at Christmas, whether it be... Monopoly, Othello, that was a, always a, a favourite. Risk. We used to play Othello in the caravan. That's mm. a, yeah, that's a big win, Othello. Mastermind. Trivial Pursuit. Trivial Pursuit. That had a real phase of being everybody's Christmas present. When was that? Was that late 80s, would you say? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I used to love that. Colin because it was it was it had so many components like when when I was a kid that was a game that you know had all the cards it had the pizzas it had the I know they're not pizzas it had the pizzas mm -hmm. it had the cheeses it had all that you know apart from Monopoly that was probably the game at the time when we had that that was the game I'd seen that had the most I, going I, on 
I tell um, you one that, I t- even though it was unplayable, I was too young to play. I didn't know the answer to any single question, but I was fascinated by it. it I'll t- tell you what I did as a kid. Do you remember the old Blockbusters um, TV show on TV? Yeah, All the yeah. people, please, Bob. Well, I, I yeah. had that game, and my dad he rigged up a, a bell system so we could have buzzers from both sides of the family. The little light <laughs> oh. on it and the bell. Oh yeah, classic. <laughs> That's pretty and, cool. And, Trivial Pursuits was an almost aspirational type of uh, acquisition because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it was expensive. It was well posh. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was a posh. But I, I think it got yeah. to the point now. You went to a party and somebody said, so get out Trivial Pursuit. And everybody went, oh, no, no. Av- avocado yeah. Moose yeah. and a Trivial Pursuit or Salmon Moose even. <laughs> you know, it was before I'd ever heard of avocado. And, and a Lambrini. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> did... did um, See, I've got a few. I've got a few. Did anybody ever pick up a game called Colossal Fossil Fight? No. <laughs> right? I tell you, this game... That, that's a dream you had. That doesn't actually... No, mate. <laughs> this is a pucker legit game, right? It was, a, it was like this plastic, um, almost arena where it was uh, a plastic moulding. It was quite big, probably getting on for about 20 inches square right with two kind of um two dinosaurs you had these big really tough dinosaurs and you held them by the tail and you had a little lever on the side of their thigh they were like allosaurus or something like that and and the lever opened and shut their mouth and they had a right pretty wicked set of big sturdy plastic teeth right and inside (laughs) this valley Inside this valley, you had all these real clunky, chunky bones. There was rib cages, triceratops skulls, and then individual bones that looked like your classic dog bone type shape. They were all chucked in this kind of arena thing, this valley. And then by the side of each dinosaur was a cutout where you could, like, you you picked up the bones and then you had to drop them into the, into the hole to score the point. So it was one point for a bone, three points for a, a rack of ribs and five for a skull. And and you could fight with them. So like you get them by the tail, you dive in, you grab your bone, you know, like an ex- excavator or a digger sort of thing. You dive it in there, you grab your bone, you're fighting, you lift it up, you're about to drop it in the thing and the other guy can smash you in the head with his dinosaur, like <laughs> knock the bone out of your mouth and then grab it. So it all starts off quite tame because there's a few bones and you're grabbing them and you're quickly putting them in your cave. And then when it gets down to the last couple, it's always got the last skull. Get out of it. You know, boom, and you headbutt them. And then you go back. Oh, what a game, mate. That was brilliant. And it was solid. It was one of them. It didn't break. We had it for years, years. (laughs) I'd play it now. You have a couple of beers, mate. Bring that game out. You'd have a whale of a time. <laughs> it sounds like it. We'll be it hitting each other over awesome. the head with plastic dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. But they're I'd, attached. They're attached to the base. So it's a bit like Hungry Hippos. Yeah, It was, but way better. Yeah. <laughs> Hungry Hippos <laughs> is lame in comparison to this. <laughs> this is... Oh, you got. You're gonna have to Google I, it up and find. Can it. I read out? Can I read out Rudy Riot from the thread? Is that all right? Um, yeah. Rudy Riot talking about Trivial Pursuit says a fun game to do now is pick up old copies of Trivial Pursuit or Family Feud and try to play them now. It's hilarious how many of the references fade into the ether, right? <laughs> and he also says of your, 
imagined dinosaur game that doesn't actually exist. He Colossal said this game sounds, sounds like a cave, caveman's fever dream. <laughs> I'll tell you um, one game from Christmas I didn't remember. Remember when you, sort of like 20 years ago, you used to go into Toys R Us and look at the games and it'd be Mouse Trap and Trivial yeah. Pursuit. That was all you got. I remember being in there one time and there was a Lord of the Rings game by a bloke called Reiner Nietzsche. Yeah, yeah. He did. I didn't know he did Lord of the Rings game. Yes, and it it, it hit the mainstream, and it was a collaborative game. I think it must be probably late nineties, maybe. It's a collaborative game, and it was the first game I'd ever played where you were all trying to beat the system where the sort of darkness was coming. And I think it's been a bit lost in sort of history that one. But what a cracking game that was! I think it holds up. I heard it's quite a good game. I I haven't played it, but. Uh, it, he can be hit and miss, Reiner. Yeah. He's done so many games, and he's got some great ones. Mm. And apparently, that is one of the the better Lord of the Rings games. And so, so the, the other game we used to have there was uh, History of the World. The um, the, you know that one where, you, where you t- you're playing. Uh, it's called History of the World, but it lasts for about seven hours because you're doing the entire history <laughs> from Roman in well, real after, time. Yeah, yeah, more or less in r- real time, but <laughs> yeah. So my uncle had a game. One of you guys might recognise this, and if not, there might be someone listening that recognises it. But my uncle had a game. Uh, it was a Star Trek game. It came in a little box. I'm doing waving my hands around. It was like, I don't know, six inches by three inches. I don't even know what inches are, but it was something like that. Um, and it was, uh, you were, it was the Klingon Empire, right? And you had hexes, and you laid out hexes. So this would have been... I played this in the early 90s probably, but it could have dated back to the 80s, right? And you laid out hexes and you were Klingons and you had to, it was battle, was it called Battle for the, Thr- battle for the Throne, maybe? Um, and it was intrigue and you had to make deals with each other. And it was fantastic deep game. I was very young when I played it, so I don't remember it very well. Um, but I would love to get hold of that. And I've tried to Google search it. I don't know what it is. Um, have you tried if anybody recognizes that. Try BoardGameGeek.com. That's the place where I go go to for all board games. If it's been produced, well, it's on there somewhere. Normally, I mention stuff, Pete, and you've Googled it, and by the time I've finished talking about it, you can tell me what it is. But... <laughs> it's, it's somebody at the door delivering it. Well, all right. <laughs> That's it. Jason's bought six copies. Maybe it was called Battle for the Throne, maybe. Anybody remember Crossfire that with the little ball bearing? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That yeah. Was great. That was that was yeah. awesome, wasn't it? Especially if you ping ping the ball bearings off. <laughs> yeah, that was good. It's pretty big though, wasn't it? It would mm. it would more or less, you know, you needed to put it under your bed he, or something. He, here's another one, mouse trap. Yeah, that was a disappointment for me. Yeah, yeah. disappointed. Yeah, like never Buckaroo. used to go off properly. But like no. Buckaroo, another disappointing game. <laughs> yeah, but that was better than Mousetrap. <laughs> that, that was, as John would say, that was dank. <laughs> oh, he's got it. Struggle for the throne. Yeah, that was probably it. <laughs> John's found it already. Good stuff. <laughs> what about... Um, so, so Crossfire, if anybody doesn't know, it was a big board. You had a little gun with about... Maybe a dozen, maybe not that many ball bearings, and you could reload it, and you'd you'd fire them at a big ball bearing with like a plastic a ring plastic collar around it, yeah, like a ring around it, and you had to kind of shoot at it, and it would get 
get some momentum going and get it into your opponent's goal. And your ball bearings would roll back to you, wouldn't they? And then you had to keep. Yeah, they roll back. Yeah, and you. Yeah, and you got. You've always got a handful of them, haven't you? And yeah. you're, you're feeding them in, dripping them in out of your well, hand. And let, let's, let's go for a piece of like MB games, like old school, like classic proto role play cheese. Hero Quest. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. All, all them plastic miniatures, all that furniture, yeah. all them boards. Why are you in a dungeon? Who cares? You're in there. You I'd, know what the objective I'd is. I'd play it now. I yeah. would play that now. And Space I've got Crusade. It. My I know you. It. Yeah. yeah. Space I've, Crusade. I've one broken of... my set. The problem. I, so I, I actually reacquired it a few years ago, and then mm. allowed that set to get scattered to the four winds. The minis went all ah. over the place. The cards are gone. Um, but I would play that if I had a full set. I'd play that now. I, I love uh, that game. You just mentioned Space Crusade. I've, I've got three yeah. copies of Space Crusade all in the same box. We used to have like 12, 14 tiles out on the table. Yeah. yeah. That six, seven player game we used to have. Cracking yeah. game. Great dice system as well. Yeah. And I think that was one of the, I'm not a big board game person myself, but that was one of the, the sort of earliest sort of board game sort of role play crossover mm. games that I remember receiving. And I got a few of the different sort of like D&D style board games for Christmas. Mm. In fact, I was telling these guys before this recording, and you'll have seen this if you're on the, the Twitch live stream, that I got bought the the game, I think it was Dragon Strike for one Christmas, and it came with like a little video, which had like a sort of floating head of like a guy who was like the games master. And then the actual sort of stuff was like acted out with like actors and like voiceovers of the players sort of playing the characters, making the decisions. And I still remember like this cheat. It was like beyond cheesy. I mean, someone had like sliced a thick layer of like gorgonzola onto that bad boy. But uh, I still remember it started like this guy's like floating head, like obviously that black sort of screen behind him, just his head. And I remember he started off and he was like, feeling brave tonight. How brave. <laughs> Bra- brave enough to battle with fierce monsters and explore dangerous dungeons. And he said, like, I remember. That's what my missus I- says. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I'm a little bit worried now that when your missus is like beckoning you to bed, she's like got like a black screen behind her and just a head floating there, like feeling brave see tonight. You got it. How brave! And <laughs> I remember like me and my, me and my younger brother when we pay were like, no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> That's yeah. it. I remember like me and my brother. I'm not of, him again. Uh, we watched that uh, video, and even when we were like dead young, we were like, "This is cheesy AF." But it was one of those things where, like, because it didn't take itself seriously. It was good fun to watch. And the game itself was fairly, was your standard generic sort of simplified like D&D fair. But mm. the the sort of the video just lent it just like an extra like level of humour. And it's mm. it's something I often think, unfortunately, is like missing from a lot of role-play games now where, you know, that slight sort of like tongue-in-cheek element. And I know we've talked about this with Advanced Fighting Fantasy. There's a bit of tongue-in-cheek yeah. sort of self-referential humour in it. But in a lot of these early D and D board games, they were like they weren't trying to sort of be the next evolution of role playing or do something new or innovative with it. They were just sort of like, here's a fun little game, and we're going to make it fun and a little bit funny. And I, I remember I used because my parents obviously like despairing of what to buy me for Christmas, but knew, <laughs> knew I liked sort of role play games. They, they'd just see one of these like because they didn't really know much about role playing games, but they'd see one of these. Uh, these D&D sort of starter board games, and they'd be like, oh, Dungeons Dragons, we know he likes that, we'll get him this game. And there's a period of about four or five years where every Christmas I knew I was going to get some like random like D&D board game. 
And I, and I used to just love like opening them up because I was like, well, if, if there's miniatures or counters, I'll use them in mm. some other games. The the books will give me some ideas. They might have a board that I can use, like with Hero Quest or some like mm. furniture pieces I can use. And th- the whole idea of just taking all this stuff and like cobbling it together into like something else is, I think, something I've sort of held on to from those years as I've gone into like mm. playing like, OSR games. Being able to like take bits from different games and go, oh, I'll sort of glue this here and I'll gaffer tape this bit on here and we'll see what we end up with. And that, that's one of the things I love about the hobby. Mm. And looking back, you probably think, I'd like some of those gifts again instead of after shaping socks. <laughs> that's what you seem to get as you get older. <laughs> Brazil nuts. I just used to get Brazil nuts. Hey, there's no need to bring my nickname time. into this, man. <laughs> 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 But my, my dear old mum used to get me these toffee fees, like half semi Oh, yeah, fees. yeah. Toffee fees. They're awesome. Hate, we hated they them, awesome. but, we didn't, vegan, the heart but to, awesome. no? we didn't have the heart to tell her. No, we don't want them anymore. T- t- tell you what we always used oh, to get, awesome. man. Walnut whips. Oh, yeah. Yes. We, we, we used to get like, the nice like chocolate bit with the marshmallow inside, and you'd always get them, and the first thing you do is you'd like, fuck that walnut off the top. And Bessie, you can do with them. Flick the walnut off the top, like the birds can have them in the fucking garden. I just eat the rest of them. <laughs> I, did, I just knew you were going to talk about them tonight. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, were better, they were better back in the day. Well, they're, they're all smaller now. I mean, they used to be the size of like small Scottish foothills when I was young. You had, you had to like those. climb up and you have to have a yeah. TV Sherpas to like push the walnut off the yeah. top, like, like the boulder I, in Indiana Jones. <laughs> I've never yeah. eaten one of those. I don't think I've even seen one in my life. Uh, well, I, think the, I think they're vegan. <laughs> no, I, I honestly don't think I've ever seen one. It's one of those yeah. things where I've got... I'm not. I'm not a massive fan of like chocolates or sweets or anything like that. I prefer like savoury food. But it always used to be the thing like it wasn't Christmas unless you had like a walnut whip. <laughs> No, that's right. That was right. That's the only time we had them yeah. as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we we never used to have Christmas. Uh, uh, but we had one sock between twenty of us, and we were glad of it as well. Yeah. Exactly. The, the only time you didn't want a walnut whip was after a, a dodgy curry, really, wasn't it? Oh no. <laughs> okay, what, what walnut whip was slang after you had a dodgy curry? <laughs> I got I got another classic here. Now you're gonna love this one. Crossbows and catapults. Come oh on. yeah, hey. love that game. Yeah, Goblin, Goblin's henchman mentioned that on the thread. I yeah. I don't even know what this is. You've got to explain this to me. Oh, that's your proper war gaming. That's proper real war gaming. <coughs> Actually firing things at yeah. your opponent. Well, yeah, I, and I, you used to have the hit. You used to have the historically accurate forces of the. The, the brown plastic men with like their fur loincloths and their sort of Viking pointy, pointy helmets, helmets yeah. and the and the sort of the the white plastic men with their sort of skull cap helmets and big shields and swords you know all historically accurate obviously yeah and planet of the apes armor yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you, is this a, you just line them up and shoot them down is yeah that yeah pretty much does it have rules yeah well yeah there was there was rudimentary rules and you had these building block things that kind of locked together, so you made a you could make a little fortification like a wall. Yeah, um, you made a wall. One of the sides had like the crossbows that like fired the tokens, and one had like little crossbows that like shot them out. Something if I like that. Correctly, and you had to demolish we, the enemy's fortifications and like, knock I've over. I've never seen this. They had a ta- wow. You have a tower. You had a tower that was a one piece thing that was about six or seven inches tall with a little flag on it. Uh, did it have a flag on it? I don't think so. Actually, you had. You had flags to mark out like the pitch, the battlefield. 
you normally would play it on the floor because it'd be a pain to play it on the table. And uh, you stood your little men, you had your tower, you had uh, the catapults were made into like towers and you could get one where if it hit the door, a platform sprung up and threw the guys off the top of the tower. There was that. But the idea was ah, to knock that up, rings a bell. Yeah, yeah. You knock over the enemy tower and of course it had the wicked advert that everybody, you know, <laughs> yeah. got all fired up about, you know. But, uh, but it, th- it fired discs. So the discs discs oh, yeah. slid across the across the ground and then the catapults would like launch the discs and you could get over the enemy's wall with a catapult and knock over the tower. But I can't remember. There were some rudimentary rules, but we made up our own. See, that's what I was going to say. Of course. That was yeah. the birth. That was the birth of kind of... When I said real wargaming, that was probably what started me off down the road. Well, I You made you up the... your own rulings, yeah? Yes. <laughs> the, the, right, the I'm game, watching the, the video now. I've never seen this. I've the, never the, seen the, the video. The game I had was similar to that. It was called Amada. I've just Googled it now, and I'll share, you, I'll share a picture with you lads on screen. And Amada. basically, you had... Uh, it was a set of islands on a, on a blue sort of uh, board, and you had a cannon at each end, and you had ships that you had to get from one side... To, the, to your opponent's side and get in his harbour, and you had to fire the, uh, the the ball bearings across the um, the board, trying to knock his ships down, and you had to place your ships behind the islands for cover. Oh, that looks pretty sweet, yeah. that does. Yeah, yeah. I, remember, I couldn't remember the name of it, but yeah, similar to catapults. Mm. So crossbows and catapults had like a, a minotaur and a cyclops. On yeah, each they were side. an extra. They didn't come in the oh, base. right. Set. Uh, yeah, that, that yeah. was advanced crossbows and catapults. That's cunning marketing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could yeah. get a dragon as well. The dragon was in the, you know, uh, what was, uh, but I, what I, was I must the admit, little I, message that said something or other sold separately, you know, dragon the, uh, sold separately. I, yeah, I, did, I, did, yeah. I did think that the uh, catapults fourth edition rules were crap, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Edition wars. <laughs> okay, even okay I guys. Hate, I hate those. <laughs> okay, guys. So we, we've had, like, we've had, like, the ghost of Christmas past... We've had the ghost of Christmas present. We've even had Jacob Marley as a piece of undigested walnut whip, thanks to a Pete. <laughs> so, in terms of like the, the the ghost of Christmas future, what what do we think we're likely to see in the upcoming year in terms of RPGs, or what would you like to see in next year in terms of RPGs? Hmm. We're going to see big loads of OSE compatible modules, mega dungeons, um, rules expansions. You know, we we talked before about um, what was it? The Gangbusters, the BX Gangbusters. Yeah, yeah. You know, OSE has uh, has shown that pathway. You know, with the Druid and Illusionist rules. Um, I think we're going to see a whole proliferation of um, of expansions for OSE. That's my prediction. It's probably obvious. Okay. Anyone else have any thoughts? Yeah, um, I've gone, Spencer. Uh, oh, I was just going to say I'm quite interested in uh, what Ben Milton's doing at the moment. He's oh, working yeah. on kind of a follow-up to Maze Rats called Maze Nights, mm. and it looks like um, he's kind of taken uh, sort of the idea from Troika and having. Uh, a large number of sort of classes that you can, you know, either randomly roll up or choose from or whatever, and um, 
but then making those slightly randomized so you don't end up with a party of you know with exactly the same characters if two people roll up the same I've got a bit of to to go with that you mentioning Troika. I've literally just got my my hard copy of Troika not long ago, and obviously I know it, it's based on. Oops. Sorry, yeah, I dropped out a bit there. Um, obviously, I know it's based on sort of fighting fantasy to to an extent, but so looking at Troika, my first thought was. I like the whole idea of rolling for like the backgrounds randomly, and I love the backgrounds have gone there. But literally, my first thought on reading it was like, I'd like to junk all these backgrounds and write a load of like fighting fantasy backgrounds that there you go that work yeah. in the same way. So you could just like yeah. roll in and be like, oh yeah, here's my role. I'm playing someone from I'm playing like a thief from Black Sand or whatever, and here, here's Absolutely. all my stats and whatever. And I just I'd love to run some fighting fantasy. But using that sort of absolutely style. well you've you've basically got actually you've got too many game books but you could pick 36 of the game books yeah and just take the take the character from those that'd be awesome yeah yeah i tell you what does look interesting the free leagues new kickstarter uh, for next year uh vason which is um like a nordic horror game based on their yeah. Sort of aliens and mutant year zero engine that looks uh, mm. could be quite interesting. I tell you what, I also like the look of um, James Spawn is doing a second edition of his OSR game, The Hero's Journey. Oh, now yeah. that's coming out in Kickstarter, sort of fairly soon in the next few months, I believe. Um, I've I've sort of he's given me like a quick look at an advanced sort of pdf of that it's so like a, a sort of proto review copy and he, he's made sort of more substantial changes right. I and mean, it's, it's still obviously like an osr sort of chassis it's obviously D&D i love i'd love the cover for the first edition it was my my, my only that's my because i was talking to him about it my only gripe about the there's a new edition which I, I like i like everything i've seen so far my only gripe is the the cover design is a more what I classify as a more sort of traditional sort of like picture it? that shows some like adventurers like sort of hiking off in the distance. You know, it looks great. Don't get me wrong, but like yourself, I really loved that first edition sort of like Tolkien sketch yeah. style yeah. cover. But yeah, um, from the seventy three Hobbit kind of um, thirty seven Hobbit. Yeah, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of I suppose not new innovations, but like cool stuff in it, like. Uh, just randomly for one, obviously I don't want to go into too much detail because they've not released details about it yet. But uh, one of the things I do like is rather than, as in some games, if you want to play like a dwarf or an elf, it's like, oh, you've got to have these stats to play this class or this race or whatever. In in Heroes Journey 2nd Edition, you pick your race and that determines what dice you roll for your various stats. So it's, so it's not a case of like you're being restricted because you're... You're playing a dwarf mm. or whatever. It's a case of you choose to play a particular species, and Perfect. that determines what sort of range of stats you're going to get. Mm. Which I know is a small change, but I, I quite like that. And there are there are other changes he's made into it to make it more distinct. Yeah, from... that's good. So at least you can decide beforehand. Yeah, I want to play an elf as opposed to you know, my dice aren't good enough to play an elf this time. I'll yeah. have to play something else. Yeah, yeah. and I, well, I mean, without like I said, without going into too much details, because he he's going to like be doing the Kickstarter. I want. He's really sort of pushing that whole idea of sort of journeying and traveling, which was so important in Hero's Journey First Edition, because part of the idea was it was 
it was almost like his sort of love letter to to like the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, mm. you know, where like the journeys a big part of the story. Oh yeah, uh, and I really, yeah, I mean, sure. that was one of the things I liked about like the One Ring and the Fifth Edition version of that. I, I love games yeah. that have like travel mini games and stuff like that in. Like, it's, it's cool, like yeah. the um, like the hex flowers and stuff like that. I've been sort of getting into recently, which I think Goblin's Henchman's behind. If I'm not, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Goblin's Henchman. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah yes, he's still watching. Get 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 a plug in there. Car- well, Henchman. in fact, he's he's made a prediction. He's carapace. He said 2020 is going to be the year of carapace, the hard copy all art version. Ooh. Look out for that. No, not mm. not. Yeah. I, I don't want to embarrass which is myself. A, which I don't is know what a, that is. which is a procedurally generated dungeon crawl through a kind of um, ant dungeon. <clears throat> Um, very exciting. Oh, yeah. You can I, get I, it now on Drive Through RPG. But and, and the other one coming next year is uh, Altered State, the uh, ICRPG version of Cyberpunk. I know there's a cool, there's a nice basic quick start version at the moment, but that's coming out next year. And yeah, Joe's. Sorry, I was just going to say, just to let you know, Goblin's Henchman, because I've just seen your message pop up. Unfortunately, I don't believe the chat is actually preserved on the the net. Now it might be possible for me in future to actually like include the chat on the on my OBS that I'm I'm using to broadcast this. Obviously, that would be preserved on the video footage. But as far as I'm aware, the chat isn't preserved beyond the live stream. So make the most of it while it's here. But that's something we can look into in the future. Yeah. So Eldridge Tales put out by. Um... Raven God Games, S. Joe Salvador. Uh, I really like that book. Uh, he, he's an independent guy. He, he just, he's got a nice eye for his stuff, some great ideas, and he's putting out the uh, first Inquirer, Inquirer issue one, which is going to be like the uh, kind of like the zine for the, for the Eldritch Tales. That's looking good. I know that's coming. Osprey Games will be continuing their role-playing line. And from what I've seen with mm. Romance of the per- Perilous Land and Paleomythic, I'm an Osprey fan anyway. Well, they always um, do a good top-notch job, don't they, on the, the sort of... Exactly, because uh, they're a publisher, they're part of the Bloomsbury Group or whatever they are. Um, Which is my publisher. Get, and they put in out they put out the quality books, and because they can do the volume, the price is good. Yeah. So that that works for me, mm. and I'll be interested to see what they come out with because the first two launching the line are very different, and I think looking at their skirmish games, that's what they seem to do. It's like, well, we've done this, we've done that. Now let's get some of this, and then let's get some of that. So I think that'll be an interesting development. Well, it was the same with the war game stuff. They started off with other people's products and then went off their own way, didn't they? So yeah. when they do that, yeah. I'm sure it'll be good. Yeah, yeah, so do I. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked about that. And the other thing, i got a feeling, this is just a hunch, I don't know anything, Just i got a feeling that we might hear a big announcement about 6th edition for, for D&D. No. I, I think that might be next year, I reckon. That 5th edition's been around for a long time now. I think, what? I, think they, I think they might announce a 6th edition, and I think they might even go get more and more rules for like online play and streamers and actual plays and all this. I think it's going to be that sort of a, I don't, I don't know, but this could be a scoop. What's your, mm, 
Mm. Interesting. Interesting. I, I think they're still selling those rule sets. I think they're still. I think they're still expanding the base that they can sell the core to. So I don't. Yeah, it might. Gonna, no, it might not be called. Yet. Yeah, it might mm. not be called. I don't see like. I don't right. think. I. I may have misspoke there because I don't actually think it'll be a, another edition. But I think it'll be like. Um, a new launch or a new. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So like interesting the the the, the DMs and the, and the players redone the and it, the online platform that yeah. they always thought they would have back in the fourth yeah. edition days maybe yeah beyond beyond <laughs> beyond beyond <laughs> but I I reckon they haven't exhausted selling the core set yet so I don't mm. Mm. no they probably haven't. Well, look, controversy amongst the worms. Let's I, 2020 will tell. 2020 will decide this particular controversy. Well, it's, it's going to be interesting <laughs> what uh, what uh, fandom do as well. Now they purchased the Cortex license because they're looking at putting lots of resources into that and trying to get an online presence to sort of compete with some of the major RPGs. So that'll be interesting how that pans out. Well, the Cortex. Yes, yeah. Um, fandom, who you used to own uh, Wikia. I've uh, pumped lots of money into it and got the new project managed on and they're looking at some massive sort of online system as well. So I don't see it making a massive, I don't see it, but uh, I think they're going to try and try and push a lot of money into it to see if they can do something. Cool. Cool. So now that you've heard about gifts and spike pits, red trousers, drop us a message by email or browser. We hope that your Christmas is full of joy, laughter and cheer. And we hope that you'll join us on Purple Worm next year. So set down your laptop, computer and pad. Spend Christmas with siblings, family, mum and dad. May you be blessed with days long and bright. Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. 